recorded live. Hey everyone, Hassan here, and you are listening to the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. This is episode number 92, uh, entitled 2013 E3 Hands-On Impressions. Today is Tuesday, June 18th, 2013, and E3 is now over, and we have a lot to discuss. And to discuss all the awesome goodness with me today is Steve. Hey, guys. And Greg. Hey, everyone. And what's cool about this podcast is we try and make this interactive. So what you can do is we have a chat room going, and you can join the chat room and kind of comment on things and post your thoughts. Or you can also call into the podcast live and voice your opinions on stuff. So full details on how to do that are on NintendoFuse.com right now. So check that out and join in. Right now in the chat room, we have uh, Hawk1010 and Noodles Doodles. Um, both of which are also on the line. So throughout the show, we will get them on the podcast as well. Um, it's always fun to have people calling in, so this should be exciting. So with this episode today, um, it's going to be just pure discussion. Um, I, I was going to say no new stories, but there's one thing that just came out yesterday I just wanted to briefly talk about, and that was a 3DS firmware update. But um, So we're just going to be focusing mainly on lots of hands-on impressions. So Steve and Greg were at E3 um, last week, so they have lots of impressions on the stuff. And I went to the Best Buy event as well. Um, and then towards the end, we're going to discuss a little bit about the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One and kind of our thoughts on those systems, how they may affect Nintendo and just gaming in general. Um, so got a lot to discuss, so let's get right to it. So new 3DS firmware update is out now, and it brings the 3DS to version 6.0. Um, now, this update was sent worldwide. However, there's differing features. Uh, for those in North America, we got a save data backup tool, which you can find in the system settings, and that lets you back up your save data for certain software. Um, however, there's certain games that you can't back up. Um, so, for example, like Animal Crossing New Leaf, um, Freaky Forms Deluxe, Monster Hunter 3G, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. There's, there's a couple games that you can't back up to save data for, for some reason, but um, most of the other games you can. Um, so you have that ability if you, if you want to be able to, to back that up as well, especially for the digital games that you download or anything. Um, there's also, for the 3DS camera app, uh, there's now various filters and, and manual focus and the ability to manually adjust different settings like the contrast and saturation. Um, so a couple of minor little things for anybody that uses a 3DS camera. Um, but the big update, we didn't get in North America, but Europe and Japan got it, and that's basically they got a big update to the Street Path Me Plaza. Um, they got you know a pretty big update, and so what it is is there's now a shop, and you can buy DLC for the Street Path Me Plaza. So there's four different games that you can buy, and they are Street Path Squad, Street Path Garden, Street Path Battle, and Street Path Mansion. So they're basically um, Roughly, I think it's like uh, five um, euros, I think, um, per game. Um, or if you get all four, it's 15. So you say, you know, five by, by doing the, the combo pack. Um, but there's up to 99 new hats with all this stuff. There's different plaza tickets you can get and get new me accessories. And there's also um, four new puzzles for puzzle swaps. Skyward Sword, Xenoblade, New Super Mario Bros. U, and then a, um, 
heroines one with like a bunch of Nintendo like female characters, but like princesses almost, like a Disney princess kind of style thing. Um, so yeah, lots of new content. Um, so what do you guys think about the uh, the update and all this DLC? Well, <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> um, I I I was shocked actually to hear um, mainly because they didn't talk about it at all at E3. Um, and think they were like, you know, mentioned something. But pretty much all they really said was just like and they talked mostly about Wii U at at, uh, at E3. Um, this just like came out of nowhere in a way um, afterward. So like part of me um, is actually kind of this sounds weird, but <laughs> but um, okay with not getting that extra stuff because as Greg and I know, we we just like finally finished our puzzles all off and everything, and you know we were I've finally started working back through Find Me again to try to get as many hats as I can, and um, and now you know if I would get all this new stuff, I'd be like, man, I just finished the other stuff um, or whatever. So like, give me some time. Um, but actually, um, I don't know. I mean, overall, uh, I need to look more into the, the DLC stuff and, and see what it's really about because I haven't looked at any videos or any, any you know, images or anything like that yet. Um, what I'm more interested in is in this, uh, this save feature. Like, um, I, I guess I'm, I'm at a loss uh, as to why we need it. Um, is it. Is it because, like, just in case, like, you're your system like breaks or gets lost or something like that, then you have a backup somewhere or like, I, I've never really needed to back up my save data ever before. So I, I guess I don't, I don't know why we need that. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have no idea why either. I was kind of confused about that too. Um, like I, I thought you were able to back up stuff before by just copying your SD card to right. the, uh, computer so right I thought so too like that's that's why I thought we had an SD card and that's why they say we're going to SD cards especially with the um like doesn't it even say writing your saved SD card when you're doing it like when you like first start the game or something like that <laughs> I'm like pretty sure that's what it's there for um or at least yeah. partially what it's there for so <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't I'm know. not sure what that's about I'll have to look into it more sometimes see if there's something I'm missing but yeah, but uh, I guess the filters on the camera doesn't surprise me. They're throwing filters on anything and everything anymore, um, so that doesn't really surprise me. iOS is getting filters in the next update, so why not the, the 3DS as well? So. <laughs> what about you, Greg? What are your thoughts on the update? Well, I thought it was one obviously pretty. I agree with Steve. It was interesting. We never even heard anything about it until after E3, but um, I would I would assume it would make its way this way, but I'm was reading a lot of news today, and now it's like Japan is like miles ahead with like systems fails and stuff, and they're always like really fast to get it so easily or whatever. And so I'm not surprised that they got it now. I'm just surprised we didn't get it yet with it. I mean, perhaps there's just a few issues they need to iron out, and we'll be getting it soon. Or yeah, especially. Sorry, just jump in here, but especially with Europe, I never understand that. Like, why sometimes. England gets it, but the United States doesn't. Like, I thought we spoke the same language. Like, <laughs> is there is there localization issues, or maybe there's something else I don't know about? 
I mean, I'm, yeah. that's what I'm assuming. It's something. It's probably something with that, and then we'll probably get it in the coming weeks. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only other thing I could think of was there was some interview with, with somebody, um, I forget who, from Nintendo, but they were talking about how they want to do more with Street Pass in the West because right now, for some people, it's hard to get Street Passes unless you go to, you know, an event or something. So they're trying to get it so your Street Pass data could be saved at certain wireless access points, like different Nintendo Zone locations or anything like that. So if you walk by a Nintendo Zone, you'll get Street Passes from other people that have gone to that Nintendo Zone or something like that, so that way they'd be able to, you know, increase the number of Street Passes and make it so you don't necessarily have to directly pass by somebody. Um, so I don't know if they want to wait until they do something like that first before they release this update, or I'm not sure. Um, but I mean, I'm starting to think this is like the stepping stone towards uh, being able to have like having all the stuff on the account because maybe that's why they want you to back up your data. Is then therefore then you can have it once they initiate the account thing. I thought Nintendo was going to be going that account route at some point. So maybe that's just a sign of that's probably coming or something. I don't know. but Right. That gives people that peace of mind that they backed up their data, especially if they're going to be doing a major overhaul change like this. Yeah, I wonder if this is uh, not like you know, one of those things that you're like, oh, hey, look, now you can back up your data, but it's more like we want you to. You better because you're going to need to really soon because we're going to change things up or something. Yeah, maybe. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see if this leads to any other, uh, you know, firmware updates or something in the future with an account system. Um, that'd be interesting. Um and Hawk Ten Ten in the chat agrees. That, you know, he thinks Nintendo of America or North America or Nintendo of America, either one, will you know give us the, the extra features and stuff. Um, and uh, so hopefully uh, we get those soon because I'm curious to see what that's about. And you know, I, I can always use more hats. That's always fun in uh, with Street Passing Plaza. Uh, I, I doubt I'd be able to collect them all, but getting more is fun. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, I'm far from it. <laughs> right. Greg kept making uh, fun of me the whole time at E3. He's like, I can't believe you don't have any hats. I'm like, I don't know. I just don't play through it that much. <laughs> yeah, well, because so it's always like you get like a, a, 10 people and you're like, all right, sweet, I can clear this. But then like you get to one room where there's a curse or something that scares everybody exactly. away. Or you need like a white shirt person or something. And like yeah. that just ruins everything. Yep, yep, yep. I think I'm still working on like I started Find Me 2 again when I was at E3. And I think Either I, I just beat the, the final boss again or I'm almost got him beat. And it I did that like the last two days and I was getting tons and tons of people, but it's just like yeah, just something like that happened and then all of a sudden like the start spewing gas and knocking my players like my me's down to back level one. I'm just like ah <laughs> Right. Yep. So I wanted yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, the last panel that you couldn't think of is a Skyward Sword panel. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I know there's a bunch of them, I, and I wonder now if we're going to... I'm sure we'll get them, too, eventually. Um, I just I thought the one, that, the heroines one, was interesting, because it was like Disney princesses, but Nintendo style. Like, I saw the picture <laughs> of it, and it's like, this is really random and kind of interesting, but uh, I don't know. They're, they're doing some interesting things with this puzzle. 
Um, but yeah, so that's the update that's out in Europe and Japan, and we got an update too, but it didn't give us much yet, so uh, we'll have to, to wait and see about that. Um, so on to all of our impressions and everything. So before we get into specific titles, I just wanted to get general thoughts from, from you guys on your E3 experience and, and you know how it was playing all these games and stuff. So um, let's start with Steve. Um, yeah, for me, I, I, uh, I, it was an odd year, um, because I think it was one of those points where I was, like, comfortable at E3, finally, because it was, like, my fourth time there. Um, I think it was fourth, three or four, I don't know. And, um, and I, I just kind of, like, things weren't as, like, over-the-top exciting like they were when the first time I went. So I don't know if that played into why I just wasn't, like, super excited or if just things weren't as exciting this year. Um, they were solid. I really enjoyed just being there. I enjoyed, as always, you know, just being surrounded with games and, and gamers and people that are really into it, um, like like I always do um, at any of these type of events. But, um, but yeah, it wasn't just, like, I, I never felt that, oh, my gosh, moment at all this year. Um but like I said, that might just because be because I'm you know a regular now and it's not as as new. Um, but I don't know. I just think, I, especially Nintendo. I mean, they had a lot of cool stuff, uh, some cool moments. I'm sure we'll talk about in just a little bit. Um, but overall, it was it was solid. It was good, but it, it I never felt that that wow moment at any point um, this year. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Greg, this was your, you know, first time going to E3. So what was that like? I actually got a really good kick out of it. I mean, I didn't really have the painstaking chore of, like Steve to schedule everything, but it was just everything. I was just taking everything in and being able to walk between all the different booths and everything, and just seeing everything for the first time. It was seemed like it was really fun, and I would that would definitely be something I'd want to do again, providing like I have like the money to do it and everything. But I mean, overall, I mean, I thought it was pretty neat the way they have it organized and you're able to get in pretty easily, not like any major hassles or anything. And I even had forgotten like my, like the sign-in sheet, like the sign-in credentials or whatever to get in and then they were able to help me and got me in like no problem. So they were just able to look up the information and whatnot. So that was pretty nice there. And I, overall, I had a really fun time. It was nice to meet Steve too, obviously, and then, Having the street pass light going off every thirty seconds was really yeah. cool. <laughs> True. Now we just got to figure out how you two can meet. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when I'll get the chance to ever go to anything <laughs> like E3, but maybe uh, some other event like a taxi style kind of thing, you know, like a convention thing, or who knows? Yeah. We still have to all meet up and. Steve, you got to get pizza, right? With uh, Nick has got to be there. That's right. As soon as Nick <laughs> shows up, I'll, I'll buy him some pizza so he doesn't have to use paper anymore. Right, and Trist can't miss out on this one like he did at PAX East a couple of years ago and uh, and everyone else, yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. So um, sounds like E3 was a, was a lot of fun. Um, and then for me here the at the home base, I guess I got to have – somewhat of the E3 experience at Best Buy. Um, and I will say that the games were fun. 
the event was terribly done um, at Best Buy just because they, well, first of all, the setup was done at a, um, a normal Wii U demo station that Best Buy stores have. They must have had a special disc or something. But oh. so I don't know why they didn't do it at all Best Buy's. It was just at the one demo station. Uh, they didn't set up anything else new or, or anything. Um, they just had one, I guess, Nintendo rep or something there helping out. Um, really? And, uh, yeah, so that was kind of like, <laughs> so I got there and I was like, really, this is it? And uh, so the event was from, I went on Wednesday, and it was from 4 to 8. And I got there a couple minutes before 4, and there was already a line of, like, 15 people. Um, and uh, there was a sign-up sheet going around. You sign up for your time to play, and my time slot was two hours later at 6 o'clock. Um, and I got there a couple minutes before the event started. So within a few minutes after I got there, um, sign-ups for the rest of the day were basically closed. Um, so um, that was kind of annoying. Um, but uh, there were a bunch of people there, and it was kind of cool talking to everybody and you know discussing E3 and stuff. Um, after you signed up, you were able to kind of walk around. You didn't have to wait in line. So I got some footage and everything. So you guys can check that out on NintendoFuse.com, the footage of the game. Um, I met uh, I'm Mr. Blanky, who shows up in the chat sometimes. Uh, met up with him there and talked with him for a bit. That was cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I got to play some of the games. So we'll, we'll discuss that when the time comes. Um, I got some – they had some swag there, like a, a Wii U lanyard and a Mario Kart flag thing. Um, they gave Luigi hats and Luigi coins to the first few people there, but even though I got there a couple minutes before it started, they were all gone. So um, that kind of sucked. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, they were uh, they were giving those things out at at uh, the Nintendo booth as well. Like uh, you could pretty much get a, a flag like wherever you went, but to get some of the hats, like you, they were doing like this roulette wheel thing in the middle, and uh, it was with all the 3DS games. And so basically, you stood in this line for like two hours. And um, I almost got to get in the last day. Like, I, I was just stepping up quick, watching what was going on. And the lady's like, are you in line? I'm like, no, I'm not. I should have said yes. It's like, it was, like, right there. And I was like, no, I'm not. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, two hours long. And, like, you basically sat down and, and played for, like, I don't know, four or five minutes or something like that on whatever game you wanted to. And, uh, like, they spun the roulette wheel sort of thing. And, like, wherever – landed at, um, on your spot, like, whatever's in front of when the time was up, that's what you won. Um, so, like, people were walking away with, like, shirts and hats and stuff like that, too, but, um, yeah, I didn't get, I didn't get swag this year. That was weird. Hmm. Like, so you got, you got more swag than I did, I think, and you didn't even go. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think those Luigi coins, I just saw something where, um, so, like, the year of Luigi coins, I think they said that if you... Um, download New Super Luigi U, I guess, within the first however many days or weeks it comes out. You get double the Club Nintendo coins, so 40 coins instead of 20, and you also get a chance to win that Luigi coin as well. So if anybody is interested in getting that coin, there's another opportunity for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's the um, that's what, uh, what happened at Best Buy. So um, we'll get to all the impressions and stuff for that in a little bit. Um, but uh, So let's get started with the games now. So the first thing I want to talk about, um, they didn't have like a hands-on demo of this game, but uh, they did, I think you guys got to see a match live, at least I saw Steve, you know, recorded the video of it. Um, but it's Super Smash Bros., which, by the way, the official title apparently is Super Smash Bros. for 3DS and Super Smash Bros. for Wii U. 
that's apparently not a tentative name, but that's actually the official name, which to me is a little disappointing. But uh, really, um, I, I yeah, apparently, like I, I kind of like. Well, it's just actually. It's just I don't know. It's kind of. I don't know. It's it's just. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's, it's just fine. it's a little different, um, just because you know we've always had a subtitle and stuff, but yeah. Um, I think uh, I like I it think... most because it's it's like doing in a way kind of what like Mario Kart's done is just going back to numbers like not to come up with some like creative name every time it's just you know what this what this is gonna be the Super Smash Brothers game for Wii U and we're gonna call it that and because everybody calls it Smash Brothers anyhow like some people refer to it as like Brawl and Melee but you kind of like if you unless you knew what that was you're like what Brawl huh or Melee what but you just call it Smash Brothers, and you're like, okay, that's what the game is. So, I don't know. I guess it, it makes sense to me. I'm okay with it. But right. That's true. Maybe, maybe but, I'm uh, odd. Maybe I'm maybe I'm the unusual one. But <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, it's easy to keep it simple. I mean, it's you just Super Smash Brothers. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, sure, obviously it would have been nice to have, like, a action word in there or something, but I don't. it's just called Super Smash Brothers. I mean... Most people always know that you're talking about the most recent one anytime. You don't really have to say Brawl. You don't have to say 64. I mean, you say, oh, I was playing Super Smash Brothers, and usually they're like, oh, Brawl. I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, right. That's true. Although the logos, I will say, do look pretty sweet um, for, like, yeah. the Super Smash Bros. logo and everything. So that looks cool. Um, but uh, I guess I just wanted to talk about the uh, – I know you guys got to see a match of that live between uh, – I think Nate Bildorf from Nintendo and also um, uh, Masahiro Sakurai as well. Um, he played as Mega Man. And I think, did you guys get to see the Wii Fit Trainer like, yeah. reveal live as well? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. wanted to hear your thoughts on that like, <laughs> as that happened. Oh, man. That was, I don't know. You want to go for it, Greg? Tell your, tell your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I can, I pretty much remember, like, I was, like, it just happened yesterday. Um, it was pretty accurate description of what you put on the form. So it was like, Oh, and here's the game we think everyone wants to hear us talk about. And then, they, like, it shows, like, the Wii Fit trainer doing, like, a pose. And everyone's like, what the heck? And <laughs> what? And come on. And then you see, like, it zooms out. And everyone starts, like, clapping and cheering. And it's like, oh, wow. He's like, oh, they mean Super Smash Brothers. And and then, like, everyone, like, as soon as, like, oh, it's playable and playable in Smash, like, Super Smash Brothers. And everyone's like, what? Kind of like, huh? He's like, are we sure? Like, this is a good idea? And. They made the official announcement. It was just kind of like a confusion, like, <laughs> what the heck are they doing kind of thing to, oh, my God, it's Super Smash Brothers. And it was kind of reverted back to a little bit of confusion. It's like, why are we putting the Wii Fit Trainer in Smash Brothers kind of thing? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I, I I thought it was a great, a great way to reveal it, honestly. Like, especially because, like, like last year, their ending was just crap. It was just horrible. Um, they're just like, oh, yeah, one more thing. You know, like throwing a, you know, like Apple sort of thing, like Steve Jobs sort of thing, like one more thing, and then all of a sudden, like, Animal Crossing fireworks. Woohoo! there we go. Um, but, but uh, so, you know, when they're like, oh, yeah, we got one more game that, uh, that, that I think you've been waiting for a lot, and then they showed that. There was groaning. There there was groaning <laughs> all across the, all the press, and we are like, oh, you serious come on but as soon as it panned away it was like it was the perfect moment it was like yes that's awesome 
thank you so much for realizing <laughs> that we don't care about Wii Fit <laughs> near as much as we do for about Smash Brothers. <laughs> like, that was awesome. <laughs> like, and just, yeah, like, just seeing that, I'm like, really? But then, like, the more they you you saw it happen, they're like, this is this is pretty cool. Like they're they're <laughs> they're kind of pulling you know a lot of different characters in, which is which is pretty pretty cool. Right. Yeah, that video was just awesome seeing his reaction. Um, and I remember I tweeted Steve or something because you you mentioned it. And I was like, wait, are you serious? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then I saw other people tweeting, and I was like, okay, apparently they announced this or something. And uh, but uh, it's funny. And I think uh, just a side the, note, like, um, I think, and I, I told Greg this as well, I was at the Sony event on Monday night, and I think um, just overall um, this year at E3, um, my, because I went back and forth if this, this is a good move to, to not do their big, you know, press event this year. And 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 I was kind of okay going into it um, until I got to Sony's event. And until they started making those big announcements that were just pretty much in direct competition to the Xbox One at the end of their of their event, um, it was at that moment when I when I kind of wished, yes, Nintendo should have done a big event again this year because what they what you didn't get in that moment was the crowd's reaction. Um, no one else got to see that. We got to experience it. It was great for the what five hundred people in the room or something like that, but but no one else got to experience that. All you saw was our tweets going up, our pictures going up, or something like that. But but that moment would have been awesome, and and other moments that could have been created in that big press event moment um, that Sony was able to capture, you know, at, at their event. Um, Nintendo just wasn't able to do it because they didn't have that event. That would have been cool to uh, to be able to have that on on video and be able to show it and like boom, you know. Our reaction and that and that moment would have been cool. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, well, they should have like live streamed, done something more, but um, yeah, that would have been cool. Um, I mean, that's kind of what I noted in my survey too, from that we get from. I did too. I did too. How would you rate it? And I was like, oh, I thought it was kind of a pretty good idea, but then you kind of missed the overall action, and I would prefer a live press conference, because, I mean, even though they had all the Wii U showcase, they didn't really have even a 3DS one. Even though we got the news on Nintendo Direct, it would have been nice for them to, I even mentioned, to put a little effort into saying, oh, well, here's some upcoming 3DS games as well. I mean, I think it should have been a little bit bit of time mentioned, too. Yeah. And then we might have actually been able to watch it, unlike the stupid Ustream thing that kept cutting out and stuff. Right. (laughs) <laughs> made it made you guys think. I guess the Super Mario 3D World thing was a 3DS <laughs> game because of how terrible right. the, the thing was, um, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, that's true. We yeah. we apologize for our ignorance last week for anybody that didn't pay attention, or you're like, what are you what are you talking about? This 3DS game, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, that's funny. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, Super Smash Bros. Um, so now let's get to the actual impression so let's kind of go down the list now out of this list i'm not sure which one of you guys played it or both or not so i guess just chime in whoever's played these games so uh first up sonic lost world so who played that and what did you guys think um (laughs) the 3ds one was pretty good um we both played the wii u version um and I think our impressions are basically the same. 
Um, I think I have a stronger opinion about it, but um, I think we both thought the same thing, that it needs some more work. Yeah. It's it's a good idea, um, but I think it I think it needs more work, and and hopefully it will have the time to get that work before it comes out. But I'm kind of scared um, that it won't. Yeah, it just kind of felt it, it felt janky and just hopping around like crazy, and and the the homing attacks was sometimes working correctly and sometimes not, and the hit detection was a little off, and it just like, and and what I felt like, and this is what happened when when Greg started playing. I realized he wasn't running as much, and by running, I mean yeah, he was not running as a Sonic game. Um, when he wasn't holding down the run button, so you have like, um, you know, you control it with the with the analog stick, and if you just push it all the way, he just kind of walks fast. He doesn't go into a full sprint when you push, you know, the stick all the way. And so he was playing like that, and he was doing so much better than I was when I was holding down the run button. Because as soon as you start holding down the run button, the camera starts jumping back and forth every time you take a sidestep on the world. And then, like, you start flying. It's like zero to enough, uh, to 60 in, like, no time as well when you're running. And so I was flying all over the place, and it, it was just, I don't know. It, it just wasn't, it didn't seem very polished at all. It seemed like there was still a lot of work to be done. Um, and so when I went into the 3DS version, I played it a little more as Greg was playing, you know, not running as much. And I felt it, it was a little better at that time. But I'm like, I'm playing a Sonic game. I want to fly. I want to be able to run really quick through these levels. Um, and it just, it just wasn't, I wasn't able to do that. Hmm. I kind of pretty much agree with just about everything you just said. I mean, you did cover how I did feel about the game, but obviously even when you're playing the original Sonic game, you can only really sprint through like the first couple courses without even stopping much. The rest of it is just careful platforming and just kind of like going back and going through the levels. So I guess I just kind of had that mindset that it was going to be a harder level and I really took my time with the first demo level because it didn't seem like there's any need to just run all the way through it, even though it seems like it would be a lot more enjoyable to run through it, but it seemed like it was a lot harder to do it unless you played the level a hundred times or whatever and knew where all the enemies spawned and where they were all usually located and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, it, it goes back to that too, like a little bit that I, I think I expect Sonic to be flying through, even though like overall he doesn't really run flying, you know, through the levels that as much as you would expect to do in any game. Um, so that is true. Um, now you guys said now I think the 3DS version plays pretty similarly, right? But you said like what you think the 3DS version is more polished or something because you said that one was better. Yeah, it might have just been the version, you know, the the thing we were playing. It's pretty much the exact same game. Um, obvious, the obvious difference is you know you got 3D and it's a little less you know graphic. It's not you know HD graphics, but um, it's pretty much the same game. Um, but I just I think the 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 um, you know whatever version, you know, the demo that we were playing seemed like there was there was a lot less bugs in the in three D S version um of it. I just I didn't realize I didn't see the the homing attack issues and stuff like that in the three D S one. So a lot of those things, you know, might just be in the in the demo that they were showing. It might not hopefully it doesn't show up in the final product. So I got some time on that. Right. But I 
one of the things you were telling me though is it seemed like it was a little easier because of this like you got were able to use the screen right in your hand and got to have like your face either closer at the distance you wanted from the screen and yeah the Wii U one it didn't seem to have off TV player at least wasn't able to be enabled on the one we played and so then you had to look at the TV and the screen is like super large obviously it's like a big TV and you're only still standing like two or three feet in front of it so. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. I say that. I said that. Yeah, that that helps a lot too. I think it just made sense more sense for the smaller screen, at least in that context. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, sounds interesting. I think uh, at first, just from watching the trailers and some gameplay videos, I think Sonic Lost World was like, okay, this looks interesting. I gotta get it. But I think now I might have to <laughs> wait and see how. <laughs> No, I mean, hey, that that saves me some more money if it's not worth it. Um, but uh, I guess we'll have to see, you know, if they're able to polish up the game in time and everything. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the game, yeah, comes out by the end of the year. So hopefully that's enough time to uh, to polish it up a bit. Um, so next game to discuss, Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventure. Um, so who played it and what system is that for as well, by the way? Yeah, um, so this was one that um, Greg hops, I think you left right before I did this demo, actually. Um, Is that right? So, um, or wait, no. Was this, oh man, I'm getting all confused. Was this, uh, is Pac-Man Activision? Oh man, I'm getting all confused. No, it was just a Namco. Namco. Okay, yeah, so it says Namco. So that, so yeah, that, was, that was the one where we I separated because I was going to be leaving within the hour. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, sorry, I got all confused at what was what for a second, and uh, it makes sense. Namco is, or Pac-Man's always been Namco. Anyhow, um, so so I went in, you know, expecting, um, not really knowing what I was going to be seeing, because all they told me, all they kept saying was Pac-Man. And uh, so I stepped in, and <laughs> it was funny, I got there early, and I threw them off and they forgot to actually call me in for the demo. Um, but after I got in there and everything, it was like me and like two other guys um, checking the game out. And they, so essentially, um, they're doing this new cartoon um, with Pac-Man, kind of trying to bring it to a newer, younger audience. And um, and so the cartoon spawns, you know, kind of hand-in-hand with a new video game. and um, And so... We have the, this new game that's kind of a it's a 3D um, world sort of a, a game where you're you're Pac-Man but you're not like you know in the traditional Pac-Man maze sort of thing. You are um, instead you're kind of walking around like a Super Mario you know 3D land or whatever um, sort of world and you know still getting ghosts and it's it's like a maze, but it's not, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, and I actually didn't make it very far through the demo. I felt like I hit a wall and I was, like, not able to get far much further. Um, but anyhow, it's for both the 3DS and the Wii U um, this fall. And it was fun. I think it, it, it's definitely, it's it's made, driven for kids. Um, it's got kids in mind. It's, it's supposed to go hand-in-hand hand with the cartoon. The idea is that like they even told us their their marketing mentality is that the kids will watch the TV show. The kids will then want the toys. They're going to be in the stores. They can play with the toys um, that 
are representative of the TV show. And then at that time, they will start to want to actually interact with them, and that's where the video game comes in. So that's like the national pro- progression of thought as they go. Kids would go from watching the TV show to buying the toys and then playing the game. Um, so it's made for kids. Uh, it looks like it'll be fun. It it still needs some polish as well, but like I said, it's it's going to be out this fall, so they still got some time. Um, I was only able to play the 360 version because that was all they had available. Um, so I don't know what it feels like, you know, on the Wii U, the gamepad. Um, or the 3DS or anything like that, because all I was actually able to play was the 360 version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but it was it was okay. Um, what I was more impressed was with that they're they're bringing Championship Edition to um, to the Wii U and 3DS uh, this fall or holiday, one or the other, um, as well, which will have like the original version of 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 uh, um, Pac-Man, like the when everybody knows, um, Championship Edition, and they're also bringing Battle Royal, or Royale, um, as well, which is really cool. It's a it's a fun four player um, game, like where you kind of try to go for each other. If you ever been to um, uh, Dave and Buster's, uh, they have this in Battle Royale in a, in a giant console version, and it's amazingly fun. Um, so I'm really excited actually for that that uh, Pac-Man collection. Um, museum that's going to come out um, later this year. That's that's what I'm really excited for, and that's they've said that they're you know they're targeting the older audience for that. Um, it's really fun. Um, I did have a chance though right before I left. I was like, I have to tell you, I'm like I, this is more of a suggestion than a question. It was like if you came out with a Pac-Man game for five players on the Wii U, where like the ghost was holding the gamepad and you're Pac-Man, or or vice versa, like the ghost was you know. Um, the ghost was everybody else and you're Pac-Man with a gamepad and you had to like go around there and it was like human characters controlling the, the ghost instead of AI. That would be awesome. I would stay up all night playing that game. I was like, just want to let you know that. And he's like, well, thank you for the, thanks for the suggestion. So I was like, that, that sounds like an amazing game to me, but that's not exactly what this is. It's a, it's just a four player. Um, you all play four, four Pac-Men and uh, you're kind of trying to eat each other and the ghost and stuff too. So, That'd be a fun game, I think. Yeah, yeah that sounds like that'd be just like Pac-Man versus, I guess, on the GameCube, but actually more people to be able to play it because they don't have to own, you know, like the Game Boy Advance thing and connect it like you had to do with that one. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, that would have been cool. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean the TV show, I'd probably check it out just to see what it's like eventually. Um, but uh, sounds interesting. Um, so next game to discuss is Bayonetta 2. Um, so what did you think of Bayonetta 2? Well, I I kind of took over from Steve's path like when we were up with the Nintendo booth, and I was kind of surprised it was kind of playable. But as I was saying my impressions, I, was, I didn't really have any idea of what the game was really about or even have any knowledge of the first one, didn't play it, didn't research it or anything. But... It's like a brawler type of game, and I really enjoyed it because it was just kind of like a high-tense action, and you're just like fighting all these onslaught of enemies, and you like have all these special attacks and stuff. Like you build up, up like this power meter after you defeat so many enemies, and then you have to unleash the fury and like do tons of damage to like the enemies that you're currently fighting, or like a boss or something. And overall, it felt really fun, and I didn't find any issues. I mean, 
I think Steve had a little difficulty because he started where somebody had left off and they probably had like a harder difficulty on there, but I think he was able to get accustomed to it. Yeah, it was so funny when I started, like, the lady, like, I stepped over and uh, and they are like, oh, you want to check out Bayonetta 2? I was like, oh, yeah, sure, why not? And, uh, and the lady's like, here you go. And I was like, all right. And I was in the middle of a boss fight. I'm like, all right. So I just start hitting buttons, and, and I was like, so what? What do I do? And she's like, um, I don't really know. I'm not supposed to be working here. I'm just kind of filling in for the lady that's actually supposed to be here. I'm like, oh great. So I was I was really lost for a little while. I was just like button mashing and everything. But uh, but actually after I went back, I went back and played it a little bit later in the week, and it. it still is kind of button mashing. Like, you, you realize what buttons do what, because um, I had no clue at the beginning, but it's still a little more of a button mashing type of game. It's a, it's a fighter, brawler sort of thing, but, but it's fun. It's beautiful. It's a gorgeous game. Like, there's so much color and everything going on. It's, it's Yeah, it's a great-looking game. Yeah, but kind of been curious about that game. I never played the first one, but it... Uh... Look kind of interesting, so not sure yet if I'm gonna get it or not, but uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, next up on the list is ASX Human Revolution Director's Cuts. So, what was that like? <laughs> Incredibly difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, Greg and I pretty much got our butts handed to us uh, when we started playing this game. Like both of us, I kept. I think we kept looking at each other's screen, and we're both like on the reset screen over and over and over again. We're just like dying so much. Um, so I think we finally. I think he finally finished the level, but we didn't really know what to do next. Um, overall, it felt really good, um, but it was just an incredibly difficult level we were playing, and we weren't doing very well. Um, you got any more about that? Great. <laughs> Not really. I mean, it was just pretty much just trying to figure out what to do. I mean, there wasn't really somebody there to really help us out with the controls or anything either. So it was just like figuring out the controls, and then the enemies seemed like really well placed and pretty smart and stuff, and they kept like killing us down. It took me a while to eventually learn how to farm them out of the area that we were in. But I don't know if that was just my inexperience with like that kind of genre, or is it the game wasn't really that hard. Yeah, it's definitely not your run and gun sort of game. You have to like play hiding back and forth and you know taking them out one by one and that sort of thing and I think I didn't realize that going into and I was just like you know going out guns are blazing and I was just like taking out in no time I'm like oh okay not that kind of game huh <laughs> right. so, yeah the trailer yeah. looks kind of interesting for this so I guess it's another thing to kind of keep an eye on there's a bunch of games that I'm you know still sort of debating off the yeah, it's yeah, interesting yeah. that I I heard that uh, nothing was ever confirmed at E3. I don't think, but uh, I think it was from like some other um, events or interviews or something like that that um, that it's now coming out for all um, current or uh, next gen. It's not going to be a Nintendo exclusive anymore, um, which I mean it kind of makes sense because it was already out for other systems anyhow. But but yeah, the director's cut's no longer uh, Wii U exclusive. Right. So there's Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut. I was gonna say, if you want to get it, get a Wii U, but <laughs> I guess not. So if you have a Wii U and you want it, then I guess get it. Um, if 
it's good, but we'll see. Um, and uh, so next up is DuckTales. What was that like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was actually really fun. I mean, I don't know if Steve got a chance to play it later, but that was pretty much the primary one to play it. But it pretty much just plays a lot, just like the NES version. I couldn't really um, hear the music as quite as clear as like you can when you play the NES version. I don't know if that was like the headphone, like an issue with the headphones, or it just was a little bit softer. But the game itself plays good. I mean, it looks beautiful. They expanded some of the areas, so it's not like a direct like port. Like all the levels are 100% exact. I mean, there are some of the smaller, like some of the smaller like hallways that are kind of expanded longer and have additional enemies and stuff. Um, I did get to play through the, the Transylvania level. I was able to beat the boss. I think Steve died. Started the battle with like a half a heart, and then I, I think I ended it with like full mm-hmm. health because they give you like opportunities to get health back I guess, during the middle of battles because they add a new techniques or whatever, and they can drop like health pickups and stuff. So I mean, it was still really fun. I, I very nostalgic for me to see it again, and I really can't wait to download it again on Wii U. Cool. Yeah, I didn't actually get a chance to play it um, around the time. I was going to go play as the Wii U um, on Wii U at the at the Nintendo booth, but um, yeah, I didn't get I didn't get a chance to go over there. But I I did watch uh, Greg play it, and it, it looks cool. I mean, it's it's pretty much I think exactly what most uh, fans are probably going to expect. Right. Cool. All right. Uh, next up, Disney Infinity. This is one that I was kind of curious to see what it's like because it's sort of Skylanders but with Disney characters. So, what was that? Yeah, it's much more than that. Um, hmm. I think both Greg and I were were floored with what all is involved in this game. Like it's it's like the Skylander stuff. Like you'll have your your levels and play through them, and they're themed you know, for the different Disney movies and all that stuff. But there, this toy box mode is amazing. It's it's like you can pretty much do whatever you want. It's like a developer tool within the game. Um, they're doing, like, they're, like, you do, like, and or gates and all this other stuff, and it's just, it's amazing. Like, and you can bring in, um, so instead of, like, Skylanders, you pretty much just have, like, whatever character you're bringing into the world, and that's pretty much it. You got your little pod thing, and you stick your character on there. And um, and when it comes to uh, when it comes to Disney Infinity, you have like three little areas on there, so you can put like two different characters in there if you want, or one or two, or whatever. Um, but you also got another area where you can like throw different um, discs with, that will uh, change your environment. You can even stack those up and get like different types of environments on the top and different types of environments on the bottom. And then you can pull in all these different level, like, um, you know, platforms and other, you know, pretty much anything um, within the game. You can you can pull it in there and make your own games within it. Like, they were showing us how to make a racing game and all this other stuff, which is crazy cool. And then, um, and then you can share completely cross-platform. So not only can you take your little character that you've been leveling up and everything to your friend's house and you'll play, play it on there, um, which is which is cool. That's just like uh, Skylanders. I about said Zoolander. Um, so it's just like Skylanders. But um, then you can also completely share your stuff, like the level you made or whatever in, in a toy box. 
you can send it up to the cloud and someone, for instance, like if you had on Wii U, which your friend had the Wii version, they could download it still in their Wii version or the 3DS version or whatever. And then, so that's completely cross-platform. And unless I misheard them, I asked specifically, I said, you know, can this, you can connect online multiplayer within the within the um, the toy box mode as well, and I and I did ask them. Um, Greg can attest. Uh, you know, can you uh, can you connect with anybody on that? And they said that is completely cross platform as well. That you can connect with someone. You're you're on your Wii U. Connect with your friend on the Wii. Connect with another friend on the 3DS, and maybe connect another you know with the 360, and you can all be in that same shared toy box. Um, at a time, and that was pretty cool to me. I mean, uh, yeah, Steve gave a pretty accurate description of everything, but I mean, pretty much all the other stuff to really add was, I mean, they did have like, a, the first-person mode where you can unlock some of the stuff that you can bring right into the toy box. Like, if you want to unlock like the racetrack finish line or whatever, you can like, beat the Wreck-It Ralph missions and whatnot, but pretty much you can unlock stuff from the different properties or whatever, and, like, I think you could just borrow your friend's character if they have, like, one from Wreck-It Ralph and you didn't buy it. You Once you start unlocking stuff, you can, like, still, like, continue the storyline or whatever and unlock everything on your game without even owning the figurine or the discs. So I thought that was pretty neat, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that... that I think both of us were kind of shocked at how much is in that game that we were just expecting it to be, you know, like a like a Skylanders clone. And it is it's way more than that. And, you know, I got to check out Skylanders um later on and it is um yeah, there's a there's still a lot more to, to Disney Infinity than there is in even the upcoming Skylanders game. Right. Um definitely sounds really ambitious and stuff, so it's uh, something I'll be looking at, although I just don't know with the way I am with collecting things, I'm kind of afraid to get the game. Um, <laughs> That's what we're talking about, too. <laughs> <laughs> Especially us, like, because we're married and we're like, you know, our wives are not going to let us have all these toys around the house, you know? <laughs> right. right. I think Dennis found the answer went to that one booth and then it had all the display cases. Yeah. They <laughs> 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 have, like, this, like <laughs> like a pack and go case, you can bring a number of figurines over to like a friend's house, or you just want a big display, like a big bookshelf case for your, like your living room or office or whatever. You know, I think I just I, we just need to have some kids so that we can blame it on the kids. But and if the kid wants it, I, I I don't know. But the kid's only six months old. Now he wants to play. I don't know. <laughs> you can you can want it when he's older. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing in the chat, Hawks and Ten is saying that um, compared to Skylanders, with Skylanders, they only had four bonus levels that you could buy, but you weren't that weren't needed to beat the game. But with um, uh, Disney Infinity, um, I guess you have to buy levels in order to to play the whole thing. At least um, that's what you know. He's like, I could be wrong, but he says at least you could beat Skylanders with minimal purchases. Um, does that seem kind of accurate? That comparison or you know, I don't know if they really talked about the uh, the bonus levels as much. I, do you remember that, Greg? No, I didn't really hear anything about like, the bonus levels. I was just really into the, the mission and the toy box stuff that I'm explaining it. But Yeah, I do remember. It it, um, go ahead. It didn't make it seem like it was going to be like Pokemon, you want to collect them all or whatever, but it 
they also made it seem like if, oh, if your friend has the character from the series, then it would work easily on your game, and you can easily unlock it there. Like, you didn't have to buy it, but I suppose if you don't know anyone that's going to get the game or have the characters, then you might need to buy them, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they didn't They didn't really show us much of the game. We played through um, some of the Monsters University level, um, but they didn't show us too many, like, of the the unlockable, like, the, the side, you know, um, stuff. Like, we pretty much were playing the main main uh, missions and stuff that you just walk around and see. Um, it's a little more open world, it seems like, um, which I don't know, like... I don't know if Skylanders is as much. I think it's a little more a little more linear, um, where it seems like Infinity is a little more open world. Um, but I will say, since we're talking about Skylanders, um, the the new version, um, uh, Swap Force, has a little more uh, of the of those levels in there, where there those side missions, those those ones where you can only get in with certain elements and stuff, and you're going to see a lot more in those where you have to have two different elements. So either you can bring a friend in that has that element as well, um, and you can play it together, or um, you can actually mix and match your, the new characters and take the top of one and the bottom of another and put them together um, and actually meet, meet both of those elements and stuff. So there's going to be more of those in the new game than there has been in the past games. But they did say you can just beat the game normally without doing that but there's they did say there's going to be more of a reason to actually go in and, and do those side missions um than you've had to do before because there's going to be more of them and stuff and there's the swap force version so i don't know okay. since we're talking about skyland just figure i throw that in okay nice um i know we still have a bunch more to discuss so i guess i just kind of wanted to group the rest of the third-party titles together. I know some people, some of you guys also played Hotberry Kingdom and Turbo Super Stunt Squad. Uh, I'm not sure if there are any other third-party games you guys played, so um, I just want to, I guess, group those together. Anything you want to mention about those games or some thoughts on the rest of the third-party? Um, I'll just say Turbo Super Stunt Squad, um, if you're if, if you're getting going to get the game, if you want the racing one, get the Wii version because it's the only one that has four players. The 3DS does not have... It's only a single-player racing game, which is going to be not very fun for your kids. Um, get the Wii version so you actually play four players. Um, the Wii U version, we didn't get to see uh, exactly. We saw the 360 version of the... Uh, but it's a stunt version. It looks kind of cool, um, but that's pretty much... It's like a... Like a, um, like a Tony Hawk sort of thing because <laughs> it's like stunts and stuff, so you're, like, moving around an open world and doing tricks and stuff um, on the on the Wii U version, but that's that's pretty much all I got about Turbo. Um, I know Greg has a lot of cool thoughts, and I, I do, too, um, about Cladbury Kingdom, but, uh, but, yeah, that's all I wanted to say about Turbo. It wasn't that great. That's a good game. <laughs> okay, well, Greg, what did you think about uh, Cladbury Kingdom, then? I was pretty impressed. I, mean, I didn't really get to see, like, the story mode or whatever, but I did get a pretty good grasp of, like, the arcade mode, and that one is, like, up to four players, like, simultaneous multiplayer. You, like, the object is, like, get to this door at the end, and pretty much, like, you hold the Wii remote on the side. At least, I don't know if there's gamepad controls or not, because we only got to really play with the Wii remote, but pretty much, like, you're playing through, like, a level, and then you pretty much got to dodge all the obstacles. But the really cool thing is you can, like, kind of, like, set 
features beforehand if like you want to start off like super extreme or start off really easy then the game will be generating the next level while you're playing that one level. So then, like, you finish the level, and boom, the next one, like, pretty much loads instantaneously. And so then if you, like, set it super hard and you can't beat it, you can even turn on a computer player, and it'll show you exactly how to do it, even though it was, like, completely insane and you, didn't, and you thought it was impossible. They are advertising that it's completely, every level is possible from this, from this uh, sandbox random generator. So just like being able to like, see the computer do it was even pretty fun in itself because like the level didn't seem like how illogical human could actually figure it out and go through it. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty intense. Like I, I sat down and played. I, I couldn't figure out. Maybe Greg, did you know like how the how the um, the arcade mode ended? Like I know we played through like I don't know fifty plus levels with this other guy. Like there's four of us playing. Um, and um, then all of a sudden it was over. I didn't really know, like, why it was over. Um, he didn't really explain anything about, like, being over. He made it seem like it would, seem like it goes on to infinity. He made it seem like the only way to lose if, if you lose all your team life. So you got, like, a oh, okay. limited That's number of lives as a team, and then if everybody dies, then you lose a team life. But if one person makes it the door, you don't lose a life. Okay, so that must have been what happened is we lost all our team lives. I just wasn't seeing that on the screen, mainly because it, it's so intense um, a lot of times, and the levels keep getting harder and harder as you go. And so, like, I was so focused on, you know, getting to the next level and everything and the next platform and all that stuff that I completely forgot to even look at the rest of the screen to see if we had shared lives or anything like that. Um, I think it was, it's kind of like, it has that, um, and this probably would make sense to you, it has that uh, bit trip runner type of uh, feeling to it. Um, where it's just like just one more level, just one more level, because they're so quick yeah. and and that that loading time is non-existent. It just goes right to the next level because like as like like Greg said, as one, as you're playing through one, it's building the next level. So that as soon as you get done with it, bam, you're right, you're starting the next one immediately, and um and it's you, you just keep going and keep going and keep going, and you're like oh I can get it this time, and the levels are so short that if you don't get it, you start back immediately too. But you're just like, no, I, I can get that. It's only a couple jumps away. I can do that, and uh, it's it's kind of very addicting uh, um, ability or uh, quality to it. And then you throw the multiplayer in there as well, and it's just it's a blast. Um, I was very pleased with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's really interesting. Um, so I think that's it for the third party titles. So let's get to the first party games. So first up is um, New Super Luigi U, which is the DLC for New Super Mario Bros. U, and that releases in two days. Um, but uh, I think at least one of you guys got to, to play the, the DLC, right? So uh, what was that like? Um, I think I tweeted that it was a slippery... Um, Mario game. I think that's that was my word for word, something <laughs> like that. Um, that's exactly what it felt like. That's hmm. pretty much it. Um, it the levels like we, what we thought was you know the they're giving you a hundred seconds. They're like man, which I, I I still think it's funny because they've always called them seconds, but they go that clock doesn't run by actual second. That that's always been faster. 
like than an actual second. They're more like half seconds. So you get a hundred half seconds. Um, and we just thought, you know, it'd be normal size levels, right? With like smaller platforms to jump on and, and Luigi who, you know, jumps higher, runs a little faster and, you know, that sort of thing. The levels felt shorter. So it wasn't extremely difficult to get to the end of the level by the time it was done, but then by the time the clock was out, I mean, it was, it was a challenge, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't, I barely made it there with just, you know, seconds to spare. Um, and it was just a little sloppier because Luigi's a little sloppier and that was pretty much it. Um, nothing extremely fancy about it. Um, it's exactly how you'd expect just, a another, you know, game built on the same levels that, that the first one was built on and with Luigi and his sloppiness. <laughs> All right. I mean, would yeah, you say the sloppiness made it harder, or would you say that the levels actually were designed a little bit harder? Um, I think the sloppiness made it a little harder. At times, at times there were a little more enemies on the on the on the screen at the time, so that made it that made it tough. I think I think a little bit of the combination of both. I think because Luigi's a little sloppier, and I think because the there was a little more difficulty in the levels, um, it made it it made for a harder game. Um, I won't say it ramped up the difficulty like to to eleven um because it was still not incredibly hard, but it wasn't it, it was it was just it was a step up i guess in terms of the difficulty um i I know that I was making mistakes and dying a lot, but it was mainly because I was just trying to get through the level and I just made stupid mistakes if I would have really paid attention and concentrated and wasn't you know, in the middle of, you know, all the craziness of E3, I probably wouldn't have had as many issues. Um, but, yeah, I think it was a combination of a little bit of both. Yeah, my uh, my thoughts on whether I'm going to get this game or not change, like, every day. So I'm not yeah. sure yet. Two days away, so we'll see which, which side of the coin I land on. Um, but, uh, Definitely interesting for twenty bucks, you know, for the DLC, um, or thirty if you want it in retail in August, I think it was. Um, so that's the new Super Luigi U, celebrating the year of Luigi. Um, one quick thing to add to that, really quick that I noticed. Um, yeah. I don't know, Club Nintendo. They're offering double the coins if you buy it with, by a certain time frame, and they're also giving you a chance to win a special commemorative uh, Luigi pin or whatever you can enter a raffle and after you buy it. But Okay. Yeah, that's um, I think that's the pin that they gave out at the uh the Best Buy event as well, which um I didn't get one or anything, but I've seen pictures of it and it looks kinda cool. I mean it's like a you know nice commemorative coin, nice and shiny and stuff. So um yeah, definitely uh another little incentive to get two Super Luigi U as DLC you can uh, get extra coins and get a coin possibly um if you know if you win that um, so, yeah. so that's uh, new Super Luigi U. Um, next up is some stuff on the wonderful 101. Um, now they announced in the Nintendo Direct that it's going to have multiplayer. Uh, now from when I played the game a while ago at the Wii U Experience, the single player game itself was pretty chaotic, so I can only imagine how the, the multiplayer is. Um, but uh, what was that like? Yeah, uh, Greg, did you ever get a chance to play this at all? Um, not 
this one. I only got to play at the Wii U experience last year. I played at E3. Okay. Yeah, I, I think this is on the last day. I kind of made my rounds and trying to get in all the Wii U games that I didn't get to, and um, and I and I made it over to and I jumped in the multiplayer, and I think I was playing with like two other two other people, and um, so this time I I played with the the gamepad before um, because on the single player you do that, and it and you know it feels great, you know, like um, because you can occasionally you know when you want to draw the you form your form your team into different weapons and stuff. You just draw it on the gamepad, your circle or your line or your zigzag or whatever, and it just feel, feels very good. You can do that without even looking sometimes. And it just um, So this time I, I played the multiplayer, and someone else already had the gamepad, so I was on the pro controller. And um, so instead of, you know, drawing it on a screen because I didn't have one, um, I was drawing with the right, the right uh, analog stick, so that was a little interesting. I had to get used to that. It wasn't that bad, you know, because the, the shapes are pretty simple that you draw, and you don't have to do them perfect. So that, that that's good. Um, but other than that, so you're working through your way through the level, and there just really is so much going on on the screen at the time. There's just like it's like chaos, like half the time, and you don't know. Sometimes it gets kind of confusing at who you're aiming at because of what's going on and where you're supposed to be going and. Part of the chaos, I think, was I was playing with people I didn't even know, so I'm like, they're going in the wrong direction sometimes, and we're just, like, standing around half the time, <laughs> and, like, sometimes they're, like, not helping me actually beat them, uh, beat the boss, but, yeah, it was it was fun. It was just, yeah, if if you've, if you've gotten the opportunity to check out the single player um, and, and the, the craziness, but I, I say crazy in, as in a, a good thing, um, the level of craziness goes up tenfold in the multiplayer because um, you're there's just so much going on at a time, and it's you're working together as a team and trying not to get in each other's way, and and all this other stuff. So yeah, it's it's a fun game. I'm glad they included multiplayer because I think that'd be really fun to play through. Um, play through with some friends and everything. I, I'm I'm guessing it's probably only local. Um, I haven't read enough about it um, or heard much about it and didn't get a chance to ask while I was there. Um, but that's the probably the only unfortunate thing is um, that if you don't have any friends nearby, um, you won't get to experience the multiplayer, um, is my guess. But they may surprise me and throw it in online, but I wouldn't. I'm not holding out for that. Right. I feel like if it was online, they'd, they'd be mentioning that. It's like a extra selling point or something. Um, but always best with Nintendo to assume it's local, I guess, which is unfortunate. Right. <laughs> but, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm definitely excited for the game. It looks it looks great. Um, and yeah, I, I think saying, I, we want a new IP. Well, here you go. I know, and I think I'm more excited about it now that I've tried the multiplayer because I was just kind of like somewhat excited about it before because like. I don't know. It seemed fun, but at the same time, like it's a, it's kind of similar to Pikmin. I'm like, I'm gonna be playing Pikmin for sure. Maybe eventually I'll pick up, you know, Wonderful 101. But now that they included the multiplayer, I'm like, oh, that's that's a that's a, another bonus to that game that I wasn't thinking about before. So I'm I'm a lot more interested interested now. Right. And I'm cool. still sold on it just from the E3 the impressions that I had from last year. So. I still haven't paid off 100% in full, so I'm still waiting for launch day. Right. Yeah, so that's uh, in September it's coming out, so 
um, only a couple months away. I'm excited. Um, so next up is The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker HD. Now, I don't did either of you guys get to play that at all? or I didn't, but I didn't on purpose. Like, I, because I played the GameCube game, and I was like, eh, I'll hold off on that, and I'll, you know, if I eventually get around to it, I'll play it. Um, Greg, did you ever get a chance? No, the lines were kind of long when I went back over there, but it, I didn't, I also had that same mindset. It's like, well, I was even telling Steve it's also my least favorite Zelda game. Yeah. So, I didn't, that wasn't a priority one to play. I would much rather play that new 3DS one. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I just, I, I, so you it. probably, I was just going to say, so you probably, did, did, if you got a chance to play it, you actually got more than experience than we did. I, I just sat around and I, I checked out, you know, they had a side-by-side video um, that, of the of the GameCube version sitting right next to the Wii U version, so it was kind of cool to see. Um, but that's pretty much all I've done. Hmm. Yeah, actually, I mean, that's kind of just what I wanted to sort of talk about a little bit. I didn't get a chance to actually play it um, because... Uh, main reason being when I got there, I had to wait two hours just for one game, and you had to pick one, and I picked Mario Kart 8. Um, and then there's no other way I'd be able to have time to play another one. Um, I did get a chance to play Super Mario just because someone else was doing multiplayer, and they asked if other people wanted to join in, so I did. Um, but I did get to see the game in action, though, um, and I thought it uh, it looked pretty good. I mean, I have not played the GameCube one, but um, I know a bunch of people were all like most people were picking Super Mario or Mario Kart to demo, but a couple of people picked the others and so whenever Wind Waker's picked everybody was like crowding around like, Oh, this is what it looks like and a bunch of people were really, you know, excited about it and stuff and um so it definitely uh looks like it'll be uh, kinda interesting in, in H D and stuff. Um, so uh so you said you they had a little video showing the comparison of the two games and stuff? And yeah, it was uh it was kinda of running like a I don't know. I think like a trailers or or a, um, what's that called? The like the thing that plays before you actually start the game it has a name, but I forget what it's called. But anyhow, like that was running like you know the this with this on a screen like right beside some of the gameplay. Um, so at times when they're in the same you know area, you kind of got to see a side by side view of exactly you know what they did to change it and everything. So. It was cool. You can definitely, obviously, tell that it's in HD and it looks pretty. Um, it looks, you know, like because of the cell shading and everything, and cell shading and 1080p is like, it looks like a, like a, the cartoon that's come to life, you know, sort of thing. Um, so it definitely looks good, and you can see the the details that they were able to put in now and and everything. So, um, and they they changed some things up uh, with the some of the button layouts and, and everything and, you know, obviously with, with single and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's pretty much the, the exact same game, just beautiful now. <laughs> right. Um, cool. So, yeah, that's The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker HD. Uh, next up, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I guess this was sort of the, the big surprise announcement of E3, which um, personally... Um, I was kind of disappointed with because this was Retro's next game, and that was sort of like, what's Retro going to be making next? That was sort of the big thing. But uh, it was another Donkey Kong. Um, and I think a bunch of people actually at the Best Buy event, too, were like, oh, man, like, you know what? You know, it's another Donkey Kong. But I mean, people seemed to enjoy the game when they were playing it. 
Um, it was just kind of they weren't expecting another Donkey Kong necessarily. But um, but the game itself looked pretty good. Uh, I'm not too big on the Donkey Kong games, but um, I, I didn't get a chance to play it. But from what I saw, it seemed you know looked great in HD and um, seemed like it was it was pretty interesting and how they the camera angles would change as you kind of went through the level and stuff was kind of cool. Um, did either of you guys get to play this? Yeah, we both did, but yeah. Greg got more time than I did with it. Yeah, I had a solo, solo player experience, but a little bit later, me and Steve got to do a co-op through, like, two of the levels. So, I mean, pretty much it was a lot like the Donkey Kong Country Returns. I mean, it was kind of the same level format kind of thing where you're just kind of going through the levels, trying to find puzzle pieces and all the level secrets and stuff like that and the Kong letters and everything. I mean, I did get the my soul level was the minecart level. It played through pretty well. I mean, the control just is kind of pretty similar and just what do you kind of expect for those mine, those crazy minecart mine levels. And the ones that me and Steve did together was pretty cool to have somebody playing like also with me. It kind of played a lot like the new Super Mario Brothers game for like Wii and Wii U. I didn't. I don't usually get to play those as multiplayer as much, so I didn't get to play returns with anyone. So it was kind of a new experience for me to at least have somebody else that kind of knew what they were doing finally. <laughs> so it wasn't just like me controlling both characters, and it seemed to work pretty well. We got to like team up, and he was like stunning some enemies, and I'd crush them or whatever. And there'd be parts where he'd run ahead or I run ahead, and then be like, "Oh, come on, catch up!" And it's like, "Oh no, I think there's a secret over here." And <laughs> so I mean, it was pretty fun to play together with somebody else too yeah i think uh i think a lot of people were kind of shocked like to hear that was like the the big thing that retro was you know working on but honestly i mean it's it's really good it's a solid game i think it's going to be really good just like the last one but i think it's going to be even better honestly um i think bringing Dixie in is going to bring be a little different um, gameplay because she plays a little different than than uh, Diddy Kong. Um, you can only do Donkey Kong and Diddy or Donkey Kong and Dixie. You can't play as Diddy Kong and Dixie. We did ask about that. Um, but, yeah, I think the underwater levels that they were able to bring in this time around and, and some of that camera angle stuff, you know, it's things that, like, you know, some of the 3D Sonic games and stuff have done before. But it, it looks really good. It's smooth transitions. Um, the difficulty's high, which is always good with some newer games. Um, I think people were kind of shocked a little bit about the, the difficulty of, of Donkey Kong Country Returns. Um, so this is probably a little more like the difficulty, I'd say, probably of, of Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. Um, I think you have a little more of a, of a life bar this time around, and the levels aren't as... Because sometimes, like, I, I would say Donkey Kong Country Returns was brutally difficult. Like, I got angry at times sometimes when I was playing through one of the levels. I'm like, gosh, this is so hard. Um, I don't think this one's going to be as brutally difficult, but it's still going to be difficult. It's not going to be, you know, you walk in the park game, which is good. I think uh, a lot of games, like I said, these days are missing that that difficulty level. So it's it's a solid game, um, and especially if you're into the Donkey Kong Country series, definitely want to get this game. Right. Yeah. I also did, in the show. Oh, go ahead. I also did uh, find out recently that there actually is a fourth little character they just haven't revealed who it is. So that's going to be interesting to see who else might be 
playable from the series. I mean, maybe maybe they'll be like cranky or something, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, Cost ten cent in the chat also makes a good point, saying because I'm glad they're making another Donkey Kong Country um, Returns game. This is what uh, Retro wants to make. He, I'd rather develop or make a game they want to versus one they're forced to. Um, good point. So true. Um, yeah, so um, definitely uh, looks interesting, and I'm sure it'll um, it'll be good for those that uh, that enjoy the Donkey Kong title. Um, on to we still have a couple more things to discuss. So on to uh, Super Mario 3D World. Um, now this was one that I did get to play at Best Buy. I played some of the multiplayer, um, and uh, it felt to me very much like Super Mario 3D Land mixed with New Super Mario Bros. Um, in that it was kind of you know 3D Land style in terms of the 2.5D, I guess, um, sort of, and then but with the multiplayer they took some aspects of New Super Mario Bros. Like you could bubble up and stuff in the multiplayer. Um, so it kind of felt like those two mixed. Um, and it was it was pretty fun, the one I played. Um, I did get to use the Cat, Cat Mario power-up, um, which, which was kind of cool, you know, running up the walls and everything. Um, that was interesting. And uh, I did play, like, one of the boss battles as well, which I, it took me a little while to figure out what I was supposed to do, but once I did... Uh, it was kind of fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, it seems like another another fun uh, Mario game. looks um, looks pretty interesting. I think Cat Mario was a really random power up, but I think it kind of fits somehow. Like it just feels natural to play as, um, and uh, it was fun. Uh, what did you guys think of this game? I mean, I I mean, pretty much in my uh, impressions, I pretty much wrote what he just described, except for Ryan and. Uh, Super Mario 2 from the NES because you get to play as Peach and Toad and everything. I got to, she got to play as Peach and Luigi in the session I had with some other people that were there. And it was cool to have Peach like kind of floating over and stuff. And her controls were pretty tight and everything. And it was kind of weird to see her like collecting like the fire, like the fire flower or the cat suit because you don't usually associate Peach with collecting like that. But I mean, it still worked and I would say it's still fun, and but it, like, it's like you were saying, it's just that same Mario formula again. With it's like the new Super Mario Brothers formula, but now they're just made the levels a little bit like 3D-ish, not quite 3D like you would expect in like 60, Mario 64, but like the Mario 3D Land where you're still going towards the flagpole and you can just expand out a little bit, a little bit into 3D in each of the levels. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely looks pretty interesting, and it does come out in uh, December, so that's definitely something to uh, to look forward to. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure if I'll ever get the chance to do the the multiplayer, but uh, I think the single player still looks looks like it'll be fun on its own. Yeah, I think it'd be it'd be cool to you know try with different characters and stuff too. Um, hopefully, I'm I'm assuming you could. That that was one of the things is you know even something like. Uh, and New Super Mario Brothers, you or we, you could like if you were playing single player, you had to play Mario, right? Or I guess you can play as the me, in in the extra levels or whatever. But um, with this, I think you can pick between all four characters, which is kind of cool because you can vary up your own, you know, single player adventure as well. Um, you know, I think people are expecting, you know, the, you know, another galaxy type game. Um, 
and that's not what we got, but I think it's still going to be really good. So, yeah. Right. And I think uh, the best part about this is, uh, for once, they have to change the story because Princess Peach can't be kidnapped because <laughs> you can play as Princess Peach. So maybe it's kind of a Daisy. Megaton announcement right there. Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah. yeah, I was almost who thinking knows? maybe you might see uh, Wart at the end instead of Bowser, but uh, who, know, who knows for sure, I guess. Yeah, I never, I, I never thought about this, but I was sitting there, you know, I was saying, you know, maybe, maybe he's in, in a dreamland again, and then all of a sudden, we have a dream game this this year for 3DS, like the Mario and Luigi. And I don't think I've never heard anybody drawing this connection this new, to Super Mario Brothers 2. Like this dream thing's happened before, but you know, even though it's gonna be completely different, but I wonder if there's some clear connection there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Who knows? I guess we'll have to to wait and see how the game unfolds. Um, and then, last but not least, for the uh, first party titles and our easy impressions, is Mario Kart 8. So this was the one that I was most excited to play at Best Buy, um, and I did get to to play it. Um, I played through two levels, and um, it was pretty fun. The first level, uh, I tried out the motion control with the gamepad, which at, at first took like a couple seconds or so to kind of get used to it, but then, you know, it was like the Wii Wheel, um, which I'm not, I don't prefer playing it that way, but, you know, it's not, like, terrible or anything. Um, but uh, so I tried that. And then the second course I did with the, the analog sticks and everything, um, which, you know, that controls like a typical Mario Kart game. Um, the uh, the anti-gravity stuff was kind of cool. Um, it was interesting, you know, going on the sides and everything. It, it's hard to really tell how much that's going to, and with the two courses they had, they were kind of more basic courses, and it was like on 50cc, so the game was kind of slow. And it was, I got first place in both courses. It wasn't, you know, like that difficult or anything. So it's kind of hard to tell truly how much anti-gravity will really play a part in the game. But at least, you know, these courses have seemed pretty interesting. Um, and just the, the biggest thing was this game just looks gorgeous in HD. Um, I, I put up a little gameplay video of it as well if anyone wants to check that out. I think one of the guys near me was, because most everybody else was doing, like, the two-player split screen. And then when I hopped on there, I kind of wanted to do the, the solo player thing to see it on the big screen. So one person's like, you mind if I jump in? I'm like, sorry. Like, I didn't mean to, you know, be mean or anything. But I was like, I kind of want to see it on the, the big screen and stuff. And then other people around me were like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool to see. Um, so everybody really liked how um, it looked in, in HD and everything uh, on the big screen. So, um yeah, I think uh, Mario Kart 8 was, uh, was pretty fun. I'm excited for it. Uh, what do you guys think about it? Yeah, I'd say... Uh, go ahead. Actually, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, I thought it was the first time we got to play it. I got to stand next to Mario Kart developer that was one of the lead programmers, I guess, behind the game or producers or whatever, and it was kind of cool to see him play. He was using the Wii Wheel when he was playing the other guy, but... I guess that's a different point. I mean, I did get to do... I was trying to ask them a question, see if they would reveal anything about the game, but they were being pretty stingy with the information. I was asking them, like, oh, are we going to have additional courses? And like, oh, you can expect at least the minimum amount that we normally put in the Mario Kart game. And, like, oh, can you reveal any characters? No, the only ones you can know right now are the 12 you see there. And it was a lot of the stuff I was like, which they could expand on, but it made it seem like the online multiplayer, they were going to use the community feature from Mario Kart 7 and stuff like that. So that's kind of be cool to see that brought back. But in terms of everything, it played really nice. I got to use the, all three methods in the 
two sessions I had. I got to use the wheel. I wasn't very good with that. I don't really use that for the Wii version. I used the gamepad motion controls, and those actually weren't as bad as I was expecting. I know maybe it was since I already had tried using the wheel earlier, but it seemed like it was works pretty well just to be able to steer it and to hold down the gas with the gamepad. But at best, the primary method is just using the non-motion controls, and that was where I did the best and was power sliding and owning the computers because, like you said, it was on the 50cc. But in terms of the courses, they were pretty beautiful, and the anti-gravity stuff you don't really notice because the screen rotates, and then you're always... Okay, so it always looks right side up in the first place, but it's still kind of cool, I guess, when you see the course of a distance and see that you're driving on the walls or like a ceiling or something. Yeah, I think it's it's actually kind of you don't notice it until you decide to take your eyes off the wheel a little bit or eyes off the road a little bit, and you look around and you're like, oh, wait a second, um, that building's upside down, and uh, yeah. Everything's uh, kind of going the opposite direction it's supposed to, or sometimes you're like on the wall and you're like, oh wow, I am sideways, but you don't realize it, which is really cool because I think when I first saw the trailer, I was like, how is that going to work? Am I going to be like inverted controls and all this stuff? Because I thought the screen would stay the same um, no matter what. But yeah, it's uh, I agree with everything you guys have been saying. It's it's a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun to try. Um, all the different stages out, um, they look great. And uh, I think on top of just it being a gorgeous game in, in general, which I'm always excited, you know, for racing games to be, I think I mentioned this on the last time, as realistic as possible, even though it's not realistic because it's a Mario Kart game. But um, but uh, the frame rate, you know, didn't drop one second. You know, it was it was smooth, extremely smooth, which is always good in a racing game and in a competitive game. And yeah, it was just I'm, you know, they probably could have just put out the exact same game that they've done before, just thrown it on the Wii U and put new controls on it, and you know, made it 1080p and put it online multiplayer, and I would have picked it up. So um, I'm a you know Mario Kart junkie, so um, I'm easy to please with that. Uh, so. I'm glad that they took it the next step further, you know, included some of the things that people wanted back again and um and and made a so far a great game. The and I guess in, in the uh in my impressions on the site it's uh the only unfortunate part is that we have to wait, you know, almost another year to uh, play it. And that's that's too bad. <laughs> I was hoping it'd right. come out this year. Right. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely in the same boat. I'm I'm excited for it. Um, top three franchises for me: Smash Bros, Mario Kart, Animal Crossing. In terms of the games that I can just play hours and hours and hours, so I'm sure you know I'm gonna play Mario Kart 8 quite a bit. Uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf is already after a week my second most played 3DS game, uh, <laughs> with Mario with Mario Kart 7 being the first. Um, so that kind of tells you there um, how excited about a about Mario Kart 8 I am. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, that's uh, our impressions from E3 and the, the Best Buy events as well. Um, lots of great stuff. Uh, if you want to, you know, get some, some more details in certain games or kind of read the, the, some text about it and stuff, um, Stephen Greg posted their thoughts on NintendoFuse.com as well. So you can check out the individual articles with, with some of their thoughts on that. As well as some videos like the um, video of the 
the match for Smash Bros. Um, I, I know Steve posted something about Sonic dancing on the show floor and the Just Dance 4 thing or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah, I think I actually we're the only ones that have the, the that up right now, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> or, and both of those things. Like, I searched around YouTube and I, I was like, well, we were like the only ones mm-hmm. popping up, so that's crazy. Um, yeah. I will say as well that... Um, I'm also I'm still working on the booth tour. Um, like I I've done in the past, like kind of just walked through the booth and everything, and just kind of threw it in there. Um, but this year I'm going to try to I'm trying to cut it all together and kind of you know make it a little quicker, like some quick cuts and everything between everything instead of being like a gigantic you know 15 minute walk through of the booth. I'm going to try to cut it down to you know like well under 10 minutes. Um, so expect that soon. But I haven't got to finish it yet. Maybe tonight. Any other E3 related news that we seem to be so exclusive on is the release of Mega Man 2, 3, and 4 on the Wii U Virtual Console. Capcom kind of softly announced it was available on like Tuesday or Wednesday, and I haven't really seen it posted on any other major news sites or anything, so I got that posted up, but those are all available right now for four ninety nine each or one dollar each for the ones that you owned on Wii. Yeah. Nice. I guess definitely to probably in in lieu of the, the Mega Man announcement for Smash Bros or something. Yeah, that's what they were that's tying cool. in all together, so nice. Um cool. So I guess um to wrap up the E three part I did want to get a call because we do have some callers on the line, so I wanted to get uh Hawk ten ten on the line and just get his thoughts on E three and kinda of like the, the games that he's really most looking forward to. So, um, let's get him on here. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, yeah. How's it going? How's it going? Well, first off, I'd like to say thank you uh, for allowing me on your show. And, uh, of course. As, as for E3 as a whole, my opinion, uh, I think it was one of the worst shows of recent memory. Uh I, the, obviously, the console announcements were, were big, but in terms of games, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I saw, I'm going to say about 85 to 90% were shooters, first or third person, very gray, lack of color, you know, some big names, Titanfall, Defiance. They all just blended together by the end of it. Uh, and I felt Nintendo definitely had the most color and what I was most excited about even with the stream being absolutely horrid on Tuesday morning. (laughs) Uh, And I actually had that running on a laptop and a desktop, uh, one wired, one wireless, seeing if it was my connection. I restarted my router. I restarted my computer. I was going crazy. Uh, (laughs) It was really (laughs) disappointing about that. But uh, as for biggest games, I mean, outside of Nintendo, your only other company that gets really big nods from me is Square. I'm really looking forward to Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3. I uh, was happy to see some surprises like Killer Instinct, Star Wars Battlefront, and Mirror's Edge, but you know they're they're a little bit farther off. And Killer Instinct isn't made by Rare, so that kind of bothers me. It's Double Helix doing that. Uh, in terms of Nintendo, I some people were upset. Some people were like, "Oh my God, no Metroid! Oh, it's it's not a Mario Galaxy or Mario Universe." Uh, no new Zelda shown other than, you know, Wind Waker and A Link Between Worlds. But I don't look at it, you know, in a jaded eyes like that. I just look at it as enjoyment. Uh, gaming is 
is my hobby. It's been my my hobby, my collection for as far as I've been alive, pretty much. I was on the Party 2600 when I was like five days old. So <laughs> to me, I looked at all those games and I can't wait to play them. In fact, I actually have them all that are available to be pre-ordered, pre-ordered uh, hmm. through Amazon already. Uh, I thought of the Nintendo games, game of the show. As much as I love Smash Brothers and as much as I cried like a baby when Mega Man was announced, it has to go to number two because I think X just floored me, and I think it's so underrated. I don't think the media is giving it any attention. I know IGN did a poll for best game of show and didn't even include it in the list, which is blasphemy. Uh, I I, I can't understand that. I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles, we had a fight to get over here. It was phenomenal. Now it's worth hundreds of dollars because you can't get it anymore. And it, this is just being pushed under the rug. And to me, I think that's that's blasphemy. Uh, Mario Kart 8, I, I think, looks great too. But my only concern about it is with us getting Mario Kart 8 with anti-gravity stuff, does that mean we're not going to get an F-Zero anytime soon due to fear of it being too similar? And I think F-Zero is one of those franchises that needs a time to come back. So that, that's a little my fear with, with that. Uh, Mario 3D World, I think, is just, it's safe. It's easy. It's something that they could put out pretty quickly because the Wii U needs software. And I think after that, they'll do a Mario universe. But it could also be that look at the sales between Mario Galaxy and Mario Galaxy 2 versus New Super Mario 2 and New Super Mario Wii. And and they're going with the, the more single-level flagpole games because they sell better. Uh, as as for, you know, Wind Waker HD, you guys were talking about how you didn't play it. You played the GameCube or, or in, in your case, you didn't play the GameCube version, which shame on you, you really should have. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, I'm excited about it. I haven't played the game since, uh, since the GameCube, since 2002. And in hype because of it, I went through and I played the Oracle games and uh, Minish Cap when they were just, the Oracle games were just released on the, the eShop. And I haven't played those since launch either, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting Wind Waker HD, you know, at launch and playing through that again for the first time in 10 years or 11 years now when it's fresh again. Everything else right. the show, I'm trying to think, was there anything else really shown? We, we uh, Party You doesn't really interest me. I will oh, play that. I, I, I played that. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, everyone forgot about it. I mean, I know. <laughs> the party game. I mean, I'm getting Game and Wario. There's my other party game that I need, you know. I don't. I don't need another board game. I got board games in physical form for that. <laughs> right. But I, I think overall it was a decent show. I think, think Nintendo is being arrogant in a lot of things. They're not dropping the price, which I think is stupid. Uh, but at the same time, all three are being arrogant. You know, PS, PS4 came out there <laughs> and they're like, hey, you know, three ninety nine, and everybody cheered. Oh, my God, that's such a great price. And they failed, at least in my opinion, they failed to capitalize on their failing system, the Vita. They talked about it at the beginning of the conference. They blew over it like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. And they could have they how awesome would it have been if they said three ninety nine PS four or four ninety nine for a PS four with a Vita bundle? That would have mm-hmm. sold all the stock of Vita that's sitting there and they're pushing mm-hmm. PS four Vita connectivity. I don't know. To me, I think that's a missed opportunity. 
they would have taken a little bit of a loss, but they would have sold a lot of Vitas. Yeah. No. Uh, to me, I think that was a missed opportunity. Microsoft is being ridiculously arrogant. <laughs> They're not looking at PS4 as a competition. They're not looking at Nintendo as a competition. They're not letting us play used games and DRM and all that garbage. Uh, Don Matrick makes asinine comments like, oh, you want to play an offline console? You can't have internet? They, we have that already. It's called the 360. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. you need to put out the pasture. His time is done. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you definitely uh, make a lot of good points. Um, and I think um, with X as well, I think that's definitely another game that the media has, has ignored. I just saw some comments about that earlier that people were saying the same thing. Um, and hopefully that does come because they've been showing it in all the North American directs. I, I assume that's going to come here as well. Um, yeah, but, uh, I think I think part of the issue is that we know so little about it, and I think um, you know for for a lot of um, media companies, you know, they're probably you know still kind of curious of what's really going to be involved in and everything, and and so they haven't really died for whatever reason dived into it. Um, I know we're. As as a site, you know, we're definitely excited about it. Um, Jeremy can't talk enough about Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles. I know he I know he loved it, and um, you know we're excited about it. We just don't have that much information about it yet, which kind of makes it a, a a little more exciting because we only know so little about it. I think, um, but yeah, from what we've seen, it looks amazing. What what I also find funny is so many people. I'm on Neo Gap right now as we speak. I'm just reading some comments with people, and usually I hate Neil Gap comments. I'll be <laughs> frank about that. I think so many people are are, are retarded and, and think that the whole world should bend to them. But I'm reading a lot of positive things about X, and, and it's funny because a lot of people are seeing, oh, my God, Titanfall, Game of Show, Battlefield 4, Game of Show. You know, obviously, everyone's entitled to their opinions, and I won't knock that. But I think it's so funny that so many people, myself included, feel X was Game of Show, and we know so little about it. I feel yeah. that's kind of like what happened last year with Watch Dogs. That was uh, most people's game of show. It came out of nowhere. We knew so little about it, and I think that's what captivated everybody. So I agree with you. I think that's part of its appeal that we know so little about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. And um, hopefully, hopefully though, it's not too long before we do find out more about it because uh, I'm definitely curious to uh, to see more. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for calling in, Hawk. Definitely some uh, some great points there. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, so definitely um, a lot of good points there, and uh, I think that's a, a good wrap-up for the E3 impressions and a good transition into the last little bit of uh, discussion here on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Um, so with those systems, um, just briefly, the, uh, as, as Hawk kind of mentioned, PlayStation 4 is going to be uh, 399 um, It's coming out on the holiday. Uh, holiday season, and then Xbox One is 4.99, coming out uh, November 2013. So, um, and obviously, you know, for those that have followed any gaming news, I'm sure you're aware by now of all the the other controversies and all the, the issues with the um, always online or used game stuff and all the other different things that's going on with Microsoft. Um, so, in general, um, I guess I just kind of want to get people's thoughts on how they think. It is going to affect the gaming industry and, and Nintendo in general. Um, personally, for me, it seems like Nintendo, especially from the recent comments with, you know, we use kind of lacking a bunch of third-party games, and uh, so Jeff Cayley was kind of drilling Reggie on uh, on that subject, and Reggie kind of 
kept saying, you know, we got to build up the sales momentum and then maybe third parties will, will, will join uh, on and, and start releasing games. But uh, it pretty much seemed like Reggie was basically admitting that Nintendo's kind of going to focus on their first-party titles for their system. Um, so it seems like Nintendo's kind of just doing their own thing, for better or for worse. Um, you know, I'm not sure how that's really going to affect them in the long run. Um, but uh, in terms of these other systems, um, I, I haven't really gotten a chance to get deep into the um, into the different games that are coming out for, for PS4 and Xbox One, but um, in terms of features and price and everything, um, definitely PlayStation 4 seems, you know, much more appealing to me at least than Xbox One. Um, so I think uh, uh, from reading comments and stuff online, it seems like a lot of people agree. So we'll see how, how that turns out um, at the end of the year. Um, but uh, Sony's definitely um, kind of doing a little bit better, I think, in terms of their, their PR and stuff and, and uh, marketing the PS4. Um, they could be using some of that skill with the, the Vita, definitely. Um, I don't know what's going on there. But, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about, uh, about everything going on there? Yeah, I, I agree. I am, um, I think that, that Sony and, and Nintendo seem to have a, a similar viewpoint, um, going in, into this next generation of, of games, of consoles, because both of them seem to be focusing on the game a lot where Microsoft's doing its own little thing over there about being the one box in your, in your, uh, you know, living room and everything. But I don't know. I was just talking to another guy the other day and I'm just like, you know, I, I think they're too little too late on that. I mean, they've kind of made the, the Xbox 360 that one box in a way, you know, that could have happened already. Um, but now, you know, talking about this one box, you know, people don't, they don't care anymore. Um, you know, their their living room room is already filled with Roku boxes, Apple TVs, Wii's, Xbox 360s, PS3s. Um, we use uh, Blu-ray players and even smart TVs that can do all this stuff already. Um, but they're talking about, you know, oh, it's amazing because it's all in one box. But people don't care. They're getting that they're getting that same service almost anywhere you go anymore. So it doesn't really matter. Um, you need to focus on the games, and it seems like that's what Nintendo and, and Sony are both doing. Um, you know, maybe they're they could do a better job at it, but they're both focusing more on the games, and I think that's a good move. Um, I think it's going to be better in the long run for them, because I think Microsoft, you know, selling a five hundred dollar Roku box is not going to be a good move, um, because you can get one of those things for fifty dollars at Target, um, and it can do you know all that media stuff already, and it's a whole lot cheaper. You know, maybe you not, might not be able to wave your arms and talk to it, but I don't think people really care, and that's not... I mean, no matter what they say, I don't think that's really how people want to interact with their TV. Um, even the casual audience, I don't think that's how people want to interact with their TV. I think they're so used to hitting that button on the remote that that's exactly what feels natural, what feels comfortable, and, and you're telling people, no, you, you want to be the controller. I don't really think people want to be. Um, they want to do what feels natural, what feels lazy, and what feels comfortable. And that's hitting a button on the remote or, you know, and that sort of thing. And I think, you know, that's what they what we have already. So I think they are being very arrogant in, in how they're approaching this thing. And I think they're approaching it similar as how they're approaching Windows 8. And we're all seeing how, how well that's doing. Um, and I think they're just taking a similar approach. And, and it's bad because, I mean, the 360 is a great system and it did so well. 
and it's still doing so well. And I don't know if the one's going to be that good um, unless they change their mind. And then the big thing is that those things that people are critiquing for it seem like things that could change in the long run. They do seem like, you know, they could, they could release an update or they could, you know, change the price, different things like that. Those things can change. But I think if they do, they still stand a chance. They're going to have to, you know, apologize and kind of bite their tongue a little bit. But I think they, those things still can change a little bit. But um, but I'm excited for the PS4. Um, I think it's going to be a great system. I think it's really powerful as well. Um, I think uh, the price point is, is a lot better. I, I agree with Hawk. You know, it would be awesome if they did throw in, you know, another higher price point with a Vita thrown in because I think you get more Vitas out there. It's going to be more enticing for the entire audience. One of the reasons 3DS and the DS before it um, was so exciting for and why it sold so well was because there were so many in the population already. When you, you know, you, you walk around and you see your friends already have one, you want one too. And I think if you saw more Vitas around, that'd be the same thing. You know, you go to a gaming event, like I went to PAX, you know, and 90% of the handheld, you know, room is all 3DSs or DSs. And, and that's, if it was changed, you know, if they put more out there and made it more accessible and cheaper, you know, it might change. Um, overall, I think, um, yeah, I think Nintendo stands a good chance. Um, I think it's good that they're focusing on on uh, first party because it's going to build up third party. It's kind of like that chicken or the egg thing. Um, but we all know that Nintendo makes really, really good first party games. And I think, um, you know, that I guess that's the decision they've decided to go on. Um, but they don't have much to compete with, really, because in my opinion, PS4 and Xbox One are going to suffer the same consequences or the same um, issues that, that Wii U has in its first year. It's going to take some time to get um, to build up a library, and that just happens with every new console. So I think they're going to they're going to catch some of the same flack that, that Nintendo has in the last six months. They're like, oh, where's the games? <laughs> Funny enough, you just said the same thing about Nintendo six months ago, but it's okay, you know, for Sony and Microsoft to, to suffer with not very many games. <laughs> so I think they're going to they're going to face the same thing, you know, um, mainly because the 360 and PS3 are still amazing systems, and they're still going to be out and available. So, yeah. Right. What about you, Craig? Well, that was quite a thing that uh, Steve went through, but Sorry. my main thing <laughs> One of my main things is like with uh, Nintendo's deluxe price being pretty close to the PS4, I think that might be can be hurtful for Nintendo at least a little bit because people are flagging Nintendo for saying like, oh, they're specs are so weak and the the last generation like tech and everything like that and now they have like a new generation tech and it's only like fifty dollars more. I mean that's one of the main things I'm kind of seeing could be damaging towards Nintendo picking up additional sales, especially with Mario Kart not hitting until next year and then Smash Brothers obviously will be next like at the end of next year. So I mean there are two main ship flag titles that everyone buys a Nintendo system for is not until next year. So it seems mostly they will have to deal with people wanting to get that PS4 on launch day because the Wii U, top Wii U software, software is not there yet. I mean, yes, Mario will help sell it this holiday season and Donkey Kong and Pikmin 3 and everything, but there are two huge series, the Mario Kart and Smash Brothers are not hitting until next year, and people may not get the Wii U until next year 
after they already got the PS4 or the Xbox One. Right. So I was really almost anticipating that we might get a Wii U price drop like this year before they launch it, kind of what they did with the 3DS before the Vita launched, but I guess we'll have to wait and see if they'll go through with the tactics of that again. Right. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be uh, an interesting uh, holiday season. Um, just curious to see. Just because before, you know, maybe a $400 console might have been okay, but now it seems like those prices are still kind of kind of high now just because it's a little bit harder to sell a dedicated gaming console to the mass market now. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how, how they do. I'm sure there will be some decent sales at launch because all the hype and stuff, but then it's, it's really the next few months after that. I mean, Wii U sales kind of declined. Um, and all the, but that was also because of lack of software. So um, there's lots of different factors involved. So I guess we just kind of have to wait and see how they do. But um, it'll definitely be interesting now that we're after the end of the year, we'll be in that phase of now all the three, three systems are out. Now let's see kind of what happens, you know. Um, but I think um, Nintendo is, I know they're kind of being stubborn right now saying no price cut, but Ed Hawk is just posted in the chat. I think they're they're in a good position to release some bundles that would be killer, like a Super Mario 3D World bundle or something. Like, they're really in a good position to do something like that because, you know, that would sell like crazy, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, we'll I see think- what they do. Yeah. yeah, I think that'd be that'd be good. I mean, if they can't say, you know, oh, we're not ready to, you know, drop the price yet. Well, yeah, make a bundle. Throw right. throw another game in there in addition to Nintendo Land. You know, throw you know new a uh, new Super Mario World or or you know something like that. Throw it in there. Um, maybe you want to wait for HD. You know, because it's because it's you know maybe it didn't cost as much to make because they weren't developing it from scratch or something. You know, throw something that, throw something else in there to make it you know, more affordable. Right. Yeah. So um, that's PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I did want to get uh, Noodles Oodles, a.k.a. Tris, on the line as well to get his thoughts. I have a feeling I know what he's going to say, but uh, let's get him on the line and see. Um, hey, Tris, you there? Hi. Noodles. <laughs> So, what are, what are your thoughts on a uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, Tris? I guess I thought from the showing that both of the new consoles look kind of exciting. Xbox they look One exactly is like. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think the Xbox One seems like a kind of good value for its price if someone's not really interested only in gaming, while the PS4 seems more in line with what the typical gamer probably wants in terms of all their games. Angus was kind of disappointed Xbox One seemed to have the better exclusives on the floor. Like, Titanfall looks pretty interesting, which doesn't seem to be coming to PS4, which was kind of disappointing because it looked really amazing. But then PS4 still has Infamous, so I'll probably lean with that one. I think the new consoles put Nintendo into a difficult position, though, because since they're not getting all those third-party titles and they're also not getting Final Fantasy 15 or Kingdom Hearts 3, I think people who are who only have the Wii U are going to probably suffer a bit of wanting and being envious of the other two consoles. 
Um, yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, that'll definitely be interesting, the situation with third parties and how other systems are going to be getting uh, those things. Um, like Hawk1010 noted, uh, noted that Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 15 use DirectX 11 and Wii U only supports DirectX 10, which is why they're not getting those games. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it'll definitely be interesting. I know there's certain third-party titles that are coming, but then there's others like Call of Duty Ghosts, for example, which I don't even know what's going on with that one. Because at first it's like there's no Wii U version, or at least they're quiet about it, and then somebody says, oh, there is one, but then they're like, oh, actually there isn't one, and we're not supposed to talk about, or at least they said they said they're, they're not sure if there is one, and they're not supposed to talk about if there is one or not. I don't even know what they're saying now. I'm so lost, so... Well, they let me in to the uh, event on Saturday, and they said nothing about it because they were like, I was like, I want to see everything Nintendo. And they're like, uh, well, I think all we can get you into is, you know, Skylanders. I was like, what about Call of Duty? They're like, we might be filled. And they wasn't like an immediate, like, oh, well, that's not even out for Wii U, which some of the other companies had done. When I, when I mentioned something, they're like, oh, we don't have anything else for Nintendo. Um, like Ubisoft, like they're like, uh, we can sneak you in here or there, but you know, it's not for Nintendo and Activision does nothing like that at all. So I don't know. I still hold not hope, I guess. Right. Yeah. That'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, Tristan, are you in PS4 day one? Yes. I pre-ordered like five minutes after the conference opened when Amazon tweeted that pre-orders were open. (laughs) Um, do you have a Vita, by the way? I can't remember if you got one. What'd you say? Do you have a PlayStation Vita? I have a Vita. Uh, so what do you think about Vita and E3 and everything? Um, like, did you think they they could have done more, or, or what's what's your what are your thoughts on that? I think they could have done more, but I think they should be focusing on. It seemed like in the past when companies try to focus on two systems in one year, then they clearly have trouble doing both systems end up suffering. So then they should, it's smart to focus more on PS4 this year than maybe next year try to get some plan in place to get PS Vita some love. Right. Yeah, I think um, that's definitely interesting to see. It, that definitely does seem to be a trend where they focus on, you know, one system and stuff. And I guess that that kind of makes sense. But at the same time, we'll have to uh, we'll have to see, you know, what they do for the Vita in the future. Um, Unless but, they're uh, waiting to drop the price, I think they're probably waiting until they can affordably drop the price of the Vita, then rebundle it with new stuff for a lower price, and then I'll give them excitement for the Vita, and it will explode. Right. Yeah, I guess we'll have to uh, to wait and see what they do with that. Um, but definitely an, an exciting year all around. Um, so I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the PS4 then, Trist, once you get that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thanks for calling in, Trist. All right. So um, I think that about wraps it up for the, uh, the discussion that we have. Um so lots of different impressions on each three games and some of our thoughts on PS4 and uh, Xbox One as well. Um, this definitely uh, kind of a long episode. I didn't expect it to go like almost two hours, but 
had a lot of content, a lot to discuss, so hopefully people found it interesting. Um, and as always, check out our Nintendo Fees forums as well, nintendofees.com slash forums, and you can post your Nintendo Network IDs or your 3DS friend codes or anything and uh, join in on all the fun. Um, and uh, thank you to um, Hawk1010 and Noodles Doodles for, for joining us in the, in the chat and calling in as well. That was, that was cool to have people call in as well. Um, and uh, as far as the next episode is concerned, honestly, I'm not entirely sure when it's going to be yet, um, just because my schedules with everything is just kind of really uh, busy and stuff. But stay tuned to NintendoFuse.com for details on when the next episode is, and probably on the forums that, you know, I'll, I'll make a mention of, of when we got something coming up. Um, and follow NintendoFuse on Twitter, so we're always going to tweet out the latest as well, um, at NintendoFuse. Um, but that's about it. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for, for joining us. Hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, we'll see you soon, hopefully. So thanks for watching or listening. Right. <laughs> Bye. Later. Bye.